Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Do you ever feel like the very thing you believe is your purpose and calling in life right now, you just feel like all the joy has gone and you're completely stuck? Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to get your edge back, that X factor. And if you're feeling that in particular, I think it's going to be really insightful to get you moving forward again. So our household has got a little bit more competitive, and I say more because, well, you're married to me, Matt, you know how competitive I am. But in the past couple of weeks, I picked up for the boys we have a lot of board games in the house I love a good board game certain ones are more frustrating than others but I actually picked up for our oldest boy Connect 4 that classic game except it wasn't the official branded Connect 4 I think it's called like give me a row or something I got it in the shopping one day and Nathan our oldest he has really enjoyed learning how to play but also if I can share on this podcast he's better than me already <laughs> so it's extremely frustrating we played Connect 4 before yeah he's had a few turns of it he's played it in school yes. and I think we had a version of it a while ago or possibly we've or maybe played it we, we, we played have. it with maybe someone else's house mm. so we played it before he's used to the concept he understands it but he's he's good <laughs> He's he's definitely got a good standard of play. Mm. So I think if I play him like the best of seven, mm. he'll probably get two, three, maybe the four games it takes yes. to win. So he's he's really good at the game. <laughs> and what's been really fun, I say that I'm competitive. I am competitive. I've got passion with competitiveness. So whenever I do something, and you know, this is a great thing about the podcast, I feel we can share a bit more of our, our human nature rather than maybe my conventional money videos. But my nature is, and we had an episode recently that was talking about perfectionism and how actually we want things, we want to be excellent from the word go. And I was when I was prepping this podcast, I was thinking about Nathan, how he just seemed to have a natural talent. You know, we call it like beginner's luck, right? And particularly with games, it always seems like the person who's learning how to play just seems to get it. And a couple of episodes ago, we had a, a topic that was about having courage rather than confidence. And I actually, thinking about it this week, was like, well, maybe beginner's luck is actually more you've taken the edge of confidence and just are open to having fun with whatever happens. You don't worry about winning or losing, but you're more accepting of, you haven't got judgment of actually how good or bad you are yet. You're just wanting to take part. And so when I was thinking about Nathan, now, I think he could be gifted. This could be something that... Not connect for world champions. Is there, a, is there a sphere for that? I don't know. But genuinely, as you know, as his mum's sitting down, we think about this game and actually sideline let's talk about how simple this game is connect four if you've never played it little counters different colors it's on this board so the board is vertical and the whole point is you're stacking your little counters in four in a row so you can do diagonal along or up or down so incredibly simple like sam our youngest he understands it i actually think like really young children could get the concept And so it's so simple. And in his parent, you almost want to win all the time because, you know, you're building confidence, you're building in that not everything goes to plan. 
But because it's so simple, it's almost like a, an even playing field, as they say. And I was really taken about like, how is he winning every single time? How is he always beating me? So it's been it's been a humbling experience, shall we say the least. I think that when you start off a new experience, because you go into it with that joy and with that sense of yes, discovery, yes. then you're not bogged down by the way you think it should be played. Mm, so yes. I think that a lot of people, if they do something quite regularly especially if it's some kind of game, like maybe you play chess, you're likely to have a favorite opening type of move. Yeah. If you play regularly and, and you do it quite well, whereas you or I, we don't play it enough, so everything's yeah. quite random. But with something like Connect Four, I think you have strategies in mind yeah. about how you might like to win. Maybe you like to play the bottom row at first so that you've got the chance to be able to put your counter this either end. This is already end. sounding technical. <laughs> it's quite technical, but yeah. there's lots of things you can think about. Yep. The, the ultimate in Connect Four is to have it where no matter where the person puts their next token, yep. Yep. you're like going chase. to win regardless. Mm -hmm. So I think that you're kind of in your head, you've got these strategies and these ideas. And the biggest problem I found was I was so focused on implementing what I wanted to achieve mm -hmm. yep. that sometimes when I was playing, I didn't notice that there was three in a row yes, you were and I needed to block it. Mm. So it's interesting how when you're just discovering the game and you're new to it or, or new to a lot of things in life, that you'll be open to things, you'll see lots of opportunity. Whereas once you get ingrained in it and you get into a system and into a style, mm then you'll focus on your next step of what you should do because mm. that's what you do yes rather than how you might do something different or how you can see it differently mm. or how you can win in other ways and i think when we're talking about a game the whole point is that constant checking what your opponent is up to right and you know this episode is more about what you do when you feel like you've lost that joy or edge or i suppose that the, the outpouring of feeling like the steps that you're taking are actually making a difference right you know you feel like you're building up towards that line in a row i think with games what happens is you have the element of concentrating on what's happening for yourself but you've got to be aware of the other person and why that isn't what we need in life and i was really i was drawn by though nathan just having fun in the moment now first of all he was having a lot of fun beating us like he was even beating you not all the time matt and i did get better eventually and we're like okay what's he gonna do i can make this happen but i really got the conclusion in my own life of just the joy and satisfaction he was getting from just playing it wasn't about winning per se or you know he certainly had a natural flair but he was just more excited to be taking part okay maybe towards the end when we were starting to be I mean <laughs> or not enjoyed it some but I thought about my own life as well when there is seasons where it feels like the joy of just taking part is gone and it made me really kind of to put a, a kind of thought process there okay is it because I'm not getting the success, I'm not winning the game in my eyes, or am I still focused on the joy of just the next step of being part of what it is I'm building towards? And when you're thinking about losing your edge in something, mm. it really is more of a mindset, mm. not most of the time at least. Oh, it's 100% than, mindset. Than where you actually are. Mm. And I believe it comes down to when you start something new, you see progress. Yes. You recognise that you've achieved something. Or you've just literally done something different as well. You've done well. something different. So yes. there's a pat on the back. And then you do it again or you do something in the same realm. 
and you see success. Mm. There's a pat on the back. But after a while, the same as that car or that pay rise or anything else that you get new, you get used to it and then it has less impact. Mm -hmm. So if you're losing weight, losing weight, I know we use quite a lot as an example, but because it's very tangible. Mm, very physical. It's very physical. Yep. It's a, a measurement um, of progress if you're looking to do so. Mm. It's relatable for a lot of people, if not for themselves, then for people that they know, friends or family. Yep. So we use it, or I use it more so as a frame of reference, not to point out that losing weight is something that everybody should be doing or should be aiming for, or they're bad if they're not. Mm. But just because I think it's one of the most relatable ways yep, yep. of giving examples. So if you're losing weight and you lose two pounds in the first week, great, pat on the back. And then you lose a pound or two, and then you lose another pound or two. Yeah. The problem is that once you get two months in, you're used to losing the weight. Mm. And it doesn't feel special anymore. Also, your body adapts, right? I don't know. I'm not that scientific Bo in that Body respect, adapting. Yeah. Let's, let's not get into too much science about weight loss. <laughs> let's use it as an example <laughs> yes. rather than specifics of the fact that if you want to maintain, you need to lower your calories continually because mm. there's less of you burning fuel. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Let's not worry about that. <laughs> so it just becomes less exciting. Mm. If you have a three pound week or a four pound week, suddenly it's like, oh, wow, that's brilliant. Yep. But then if you have a nothing or a one pound, the, the one or pound a plus or a plus, that becomes upsetting. But the one pound suddenly doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm. I've lost a pound. Well, a few weeks ago, I lost four pounds. So one pound is nothing. Right. And you get so used to, I suppose, that positive feeling that it becomes your new baseline. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And baseline for a lot of things in life don't feel exciting, don't feel invigorating, don't motivate you to get up and do something. Mm. And once you're some of the way down a journey, you can also start to look at the road ahead right. and you can realize there's a lot more road to go. Mm. You're not quite where you want to be because for most things we do in life, it's not an instant you do the thing and you get the result. Yes. A lot of things you have to continue on with the efforts, do the same things again and again yep. and hopefully get results. But it becomes less exciting because you're your expectation to change. Mm, the same yes. as if I gave you a very nice car on your driveway, it would feel very exciting. Like I love getting a new car and playing with the gadgets and the toys and setting up yep. the system and making it just, I understand everything that's in it and I really enjoy it. And then you think, oh, the acceleration's quite nice. Give yourself a week and suddenly all that stuff's less exciting. Mm. Now, if you have to downgrade to a different car, you'll notice but if that's your car, it becomes the new baseline. Yes. You're probably not so excited to go and drive it anymore. Mm. It just is now just a car. And I think that when I think about losing the edge, I think it's about losing excitement mm. for what you're doing. And joy. Losing yep. the joy and losing, in some ways, the appreciation and the gratitude mm -hmm. of actually what it is. Because we reset our baselines. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, you, you did hit it on the head there. Expectations change, right? So when you're that beginner, so you talk about, you know, a fitness journey because that's very close to your heart. That's something that you, you know, you've got qualifications and you study and things like that. I immediately go to journeys as being a creator. Okay, so it's the only thing that I've really got to reference between my corporate world. Corporate world, I kind of felt like I was in IT sales, so you know, you had a target, so you just plod along to your target. 
you know, I mean, over the course of the half year or whatever the target was for. And this has really been the main, I suppose, job, career, vocation that I've chosen and been part of where there is that constant having to do something and then almost the result being out of your control in a way right because I as much times as I visualize or affirm or you know bless my YouTube algorithm it's going to do what it's going to do I have no control over it and I think you hit the nail on the head when you start a journey, let's say in content creation or anything, a common question I will get asked is someone now four years down the line or people look at it and say, well, you've got nearly, you know, as I'm recording this, 92,000 subscribers or any of these parameters. It's like, you know, I've been doing it for four weeks. I've been doing it for 12 weeks and I've only got five subscribers. I've only got 10 views. And my advice is always, okay, but you've not, you've not really done it long enough to know whether you're actually great at something and people are going to resonate down the line or you've not given it enough time. And I think we as a society are sometimes driven that that expectation reset is happening quicker and quicker. So it's you get the car and the next week you're on Instagram and you see your pal or somebody, a celebrity with a different car with the all specked out one and you're like, well, this one's not good enough. Or, you know, and we're talking about bodies, never before have have we lived in a world where comparison physically of how we look is one of the metrics apparently you know for your value in I, I think it's like been that. around for a while because if you remember back in the days when people like Cindy Crawford were models right, okay. there were magazines it's easier now than it's, ever it's there's a lot more people mm. it's a lot easier it's all over the place all the time in the things where you will spend a bunch of your time mm, mm. previously you had to be watching particular tv shows or you had to be buying particular magazines if mm. you weren't buying vogue or anything like that you wouldn't see these people yes yes whereas now you can just sit on your random tiktok feed or your instagram or whatever else you'll yes. find these things without even trying and it's interesting you mentioned youtube because YouTube, I think, is slightly different to other things. Mm. Some things you get that beginner's luck or you get that um, I put in a bunch of effort and I get the result like weight loss. You can lose a couple of pounds in the first week yeah. if you really try hard. YouTube's one of those where you almost have to graft first of all. Mm. Then once you get to a particular point, then you're in that kind of honeymoon phase. <laughs> the honeymoon phase that you can have in everything you do Right. that suddenly it's working. Um, we're teaching the kids how to play guitar and we're teaching ourselves at the same time yep. and I think that's got a similar kind of journey mm. the first bit of just trying to make things ring out clean yep. is a pain Yeah, it's difficult especially for the kids with the little hands and the strength in their fingers it's difficult once you can suddenly put together four or five or six chords mm. and they are the main kind of chords that are in a lot of songs then you're in this sweet spot yeah. where everything's <laughs> wonderful you can play along to a lot of stuff and there's no issues. But then to take it the next point, to capture that D chord on the guitar, or to be there where you can play individual strings mm. and be able to play along something with more of a melody yep. than just the background. All these things then become to that point where you feel like you've lost your edge because that sweet spot has disappeared. Mm. Your, your new standard of what you expect. It's like YouTube, you don't have any followers it's just your mum and your sister watching for the first couple of months yep maybe a couple of other people watch but then what happens is you get to a thousand subscribers and then you can press the monetize button 
And then you find, oh, actually, you know what? It's not only me any money, but, you know, a thousand. Yeah. And then that thousand goes up and it goes up and it's exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then what happens is another a thousand on top of that suddenly doesn't mean anything anymore. Yes, yes. And yep. the 500 doesn't mean anything. So we're at the lower ends, it's mm. really exciting. But then it can be less exciting because the rewards don't seem to scale right. with the efforts it takes because also at first you're not sure about your ideas then you get into a bit of a flow and you find Mm. a sweet spot with your own mindset and what you're thinking about and the ideas that come and they come easily and you find that you get that return on investment yep you do the things your percentage wise increase in subscribers goes up and you're thinking that's brilliant it's all ticking it's all working it's meshing together (laughs) and then suddenly you find that it's still it's still not that difficult necessarily to create videos, but you find that you've got to keep finding new mm-hmm, ideas. And like, mm-hmm. Well, do I retread this? Have I done that properly? It becomes more of a thought process mm. about the videos that you create because also you want to up your standards. You yes. want to make them better. Yes. And it seems like where you are maybe doubling your subscriber count every two months or so, suddenly it's nothing even close. Mm. So then that can also sap your motivation and feel like you've lost your edge. And it's difficult when you're out of that honeymoon phase of anything, when the normal that you expect is is just normal. Yes. It's nothing special anymore. And potentially, it isn't even quite at that level. It goes down a bit. Mm. But you think to yourself, hold on a minute, this is way better than you've ever had, way better than you could imagine. But suddenly, mm. it's not good enough anymore. And I hear as you're talking there, it's the switch of focus, isn't it? It's from the excitement of this is incredible, the joy, look at the small difference, to then it becoming almost like you're numb to it. And it is really, it's the mindset piece and the emotion as well, because it is very easy that, you know, we talk about when you're in relationships with people, that it's the familiar face. You you know, it's not the same as when you start to go out and everything about them's brand new and exciting it's you're seeing them in all environments and you know you're sharing a kitchen and a bathroom and all this kind of stuff and it, it, it's that evolution it's the it's the work it's the growth there but it's also recognizing the value in those other yes, things yes. but if you think about money mm. if you don't have very much spare money mm-hmm. and you find five pounds or someone gives you five pounds, yes. that's that's a wonderful thing it's a treat but if you're doing quite well and you're quite comfortable with your money, and when I say doing quite well, I don't mean earning lots. Mm. I mean your surplus at the end of the month mm. is quite nice. Five pounds suddenly means less to you, or it can mean less right. to you. And unless you can try to have that appreciation for any five pounds, no matter how much you have in your bank, mm. then that's where, again, you, from a money point of view, the small things can suddenly feel like nothing anymore. Your baseline yes. is set. But unless it's 500 pounds, who cares? Mm. And that's where things, I think, become unhealthy for your mind wow, because yeah. it removes gratitude. Mm. And once where five pounds, or in my terms, when I think back, 50p <laughs> was a tremendous treat. The amazing thing, I could go. You could get so many. How many bags of crisps with that back I in don't even, London? I, I just remember that at those kind of days when I was younger, yep. like the other kids had money and things like that at times and i didn't really so if i got 50p i could go and get a cornetto oh wow and a cornetto was <laughs> inflation since then. it was the incredible thing that was like the pinnacle yeah of fancy treats that you could have <laughs> if you had a bit of money because it's frivolous yeah it's one thing 
Yeah. Unlike um, having 50p and then spending on some crisps and maybe um, like a chomp and some petty sweets and things where you end up with this kind of spread mm. of food, mm, Cornetto is one thing. Wow. That's very fancy for me. <laughs> it's very fancy. But suddenly a Cornetto is nothing. Mm. You buy like a five pack and who cares and you eat some of it and you throw the rest away mm. if you're not very hungry. So it's interesting and it's, it's interesting how your standards can change mm. and your baseline can adjust itself yeah but i think we mentioned gratitude you mentioned gratitude mm-hmm, a lot on mm-hmm. the channel we mentioned it a lot on the podcast yeah and i think just sometimes remembering mm. where you were at different points and appreciating the good that something is for its own merit yes rather than how it compares to where you are now mm. can make a big difference as to how you feel about things how your mindset is yes and that leads me into my next point you know this podcast we started nearly two years ago wow i always say that at some point in the podcast how many how many episodes we've done now but the whole point of it or we had the purpose was to have conversations that would allow anyone watching or listening to connect again to just the the good things in their life, but also be aware that you can amplify your health, your wealth, your well-being, your impact, your relationships, everything, and really the joy. I want, I absolutely want us and everyone listening and watching to connect to the limitless joy that's available in their circumstance and what they are doing in their life. And I really feel like sharing about you know what you do when you have these moments that you feel like. Well, what I was doing for three years, I felt I was called to it. I felt I was placed in it. All these circumstances happen. I, I'm just not feeling it. And I think, you know, I definitely go through seasons when that feels, you know, predominant, where my mindset is just there, like, oh, what is the point in doing another episode? You know, it, my triggers can sometimes be, you know, it's just the wrong person at the wrong time has said something to me, or I'm listening to just things in my, you know, what I'm thinking in my head, just think, ah, it's not really resonating, and what do I do? I've lost that joy. And this episode, I'd like to see, really comes from my heart today, because, you know, I've many times had to have this kind of honest conversation with myself, but also equally, I want to put that joy and restoration back into what I do and I'd want that for you. So I've got I've got top tips. Top tips. <laughs> we haven't had top tips in a while. No, but I feel like this is a very practical episode. Yes, but because it's been a while, these better be good top oh, tips. Oh, they're good, they're good. And they're from the heart. I always lead with the heart. So if you're listening and you have are feeling that you have lost your age in your job, in your career, with your partner, your relationship with your kids, anything at all or even dare I say it if there's something on your heart that you feel you've been called to do that's different or you know you feel like you've got to expand into but you feel that you're blocked and you can't progress I'm really hoping these kind of results and I'm, I'm gonna can I give a little um not disclaimer I'm gonna give a dis- yeah that's probably the best word for it, a disclaimer at the start and um, these are not your conventional ways that most people teach about how to get your groove back as, is it Stella? Was that the book? Can you remember that? Was that a film? How Stella got her groove back. These are not conventional, but I believe there's a lot of truth and wisdom in them. So are you ready? But I'm ready. I'm there's excited. Six. There's six. I'm I know excited. you are. And listeners and watchers, I hope I you are too. I love the top tips. <laughs> okay, here we go. The first thing, if you want to get your edge back, restore, transform and heal where you're at, is I believe you should not double down on your efforts 
Okay, so very often a lot of coaches or mentors will say, right, just come on, let's dig or, let's dig deeper, do double, do go faster, harder, stronger. You, you know, this is just a test for you to get through. I, th- I was thinking about, you know, the analogy of quicksand and that kind of advice of doubling down, just do more. And that's actually maybe where our default goes. It's like, so again, I make no apologies for calling on YouTube. That's where you might go, okay, I've got this number of subscribers. I want this goal to happen. I'm doing one video a week. Okay, I'm going to do two videos a week. That's the secret. That's what I'm going to do. Because if there's twice the amount of videos, twice the amount of people can help it. And, you know, you're thinking that logic. Well, let's say I'm working out. You know, I want to lose blah, blah, blah. I want to get fitter and toned. Right, I've worked out twice for, for a year, I'm going to work out four times now a week. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce. And I was reminded about quicksand, and I hope I'm getting this analogy right. I've never been stuck in quicksand. I have watched a lot of films that have quicksand. Wasn't in them. quicksand something as a kid that you started to worry about? Like, what do I <laughs> Is do? It in the garden? Quick, and also, what am I going to do if I go I'm over the? I'm going to tell you. Yeah, but also Bermuda Triangle. Like, wait, that that was a concern when I was younger. Wow. Like, why are things going missing in the Bermuda Triangle? How do I make sure I avoid it? Well, I think you've avoided it pretty well. I, yeah, so quicksand and Bermuda Triangle, not the kind of thing that you thought it was going to be, kids. Exactly, really exactly. Not. There's your disclaimer for that. Okay, quicksand, I believe, um, I'll need to check with Bear Girls one time, that when you're trying to get out of it, the less struggle you can do with your feet, with your arms, and the less work, that means that actually you're able to take a couple of steps, the minimum effort to get out of it, or somebody can help pull you out. I believe that the more you try and struggle and wriggle, the quicksand just draws you down further. Yes, so that's pretty much true. Yay! So um, <laughs> my understanding is it's sand with like air pockets and stuff like yes, that. And, so and the more you pull. shuffle, the more you dislodge and allow the sand to sink and take you with it. Yes. So the best thing you can do is either stay very still, if there's someone around that's likely to be able to come and help mm. you, or I think there's some slow and deliberate swimming style kind of breaststroke movements that you can this do. This is more precise than I to help it was going to be. I know. I, I led on by saying that quicksand really isn't a big thing. And now I'm helping you to get out of quicksand. Uh, yes. You're probably not going to be in quicksand. Don't worry about you, it. You might be metaphorically, though. That's the whole point. So in that analogy, the less effort. But you said a great word, deliberate. It's like deliberate chosen and focused. steps, yes. And so I believe that the advice we normally hear, this doubling down, work harder, harder, faster, only leads to burnout. It, the mindset that you're in that makes you feel like you don't have joy, you are going to deepen that mindset and break your mindset even further if you double down. And, right. I've, and I've had to learn this, right? Because it's tempting. It's tempting to double down. Your natural instinct is, oh, it mu- I must be able to do something. I must. And I really find that where the wisdom comes from is not to take more actions, but to take the right actions. What is the slow, deliberate steps I need to take out of it? Because also if your baseline is set in a particular place and you're finding that you're not exceeding that baseline, which Mm. means you don't get that dopamine hit of well done me, pat on the back and everything else. Your expectation would be if I double down on effort, if I burn myself out and try hard and Mm. really focus, then I should feel that dopamine hit because I get positive results. Yes. But what if what you're doing or the way you're doing it actually needs a rejig rather than the work you're doing itself? Exactly. So that's, you're right, taking that step back Mm. and taking a measured and a viewed approach on what you should be doing, 
how you're doing it and how you can get the most out of the efforts that you're currently putting mm. in and also recognizing those efforts and recognizing the outputs of those that's going to make a huge difference to you rather than working twice as hard and maybe not seeing twice as many results well yeah nine times out of ten you don't like brutalness from my experience and that leads quite lovely onto the next point you kind of claimed it there where you're saying like the deliberate and thinking what is actually the steps that move you forward i actually believe again you don't need to quit everything when you feel in that funk when you feel like there's no joy you don't need to start afresh at these moments it's actually usually that there's parts of what you're doing are exactly what you need to be doing but you've muddled it with either um, wrong mindsets about what you're doing you know I talked about it can be the wrong person at the wrong time you've allowed things in that then weaken what your gifts and talents were or simply it's that there's parts of what you're doing you're doing because you think you should and they don't actually give you joy um, so this a technique that I've really found useful is writing down what I love to do let's say in the focus area let me you know I'll be let's say YouTube what are the parts that light me up that I really enjoy doing and what's the stuff that actually I, I'm not really that bothered by I don't really enjoy or to be honest somebody else might enjoy better so like I think about you know editing of videos I, I can edit it's fine do I think I'm the best at it probably not so therefore I'm okay for someone else to do it I, I feel like I'm better at being in front of the camera and chatting and all that and so I was thinking about an analogy I could give for this point. And when we think about losing our edge, where did you last leave it? Okay, so I was going along the lines of when the boys lose to their favorite toys or when we lose our car keys or iPads <laughs> or phones. Okay, what is the first thing that as a parent or somebody around you will see when you say, oh, I've lost, let's say my phone. I've lost my phone. But it's always, where did you last have where it? Did where you have last? you been? Yes. And where did you have it? In where did you hands? put it down? Go and retrace your steps. And so with this, rather than, you know, when you lose your phone, you don't simply run out the door and buy a new iPhone. You retrace your steps and find where did you last have it? So if you've lost your joy, you've lost your edge, when did you last have it? Go and look. What were you doing? What were you thinking? How did you feel? What was your intention? Go back. Like kind of, you know, in um, some movies, they rewrite, rewind. There was a brilliant movie. Was it Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow years ago where she could go back in time mm -hmm. and relive different bits? Rewind and start from that point again. And on that same point about retracing your steps for like losing your iPhone, well, we can all fast track that process for keys and iPhones now by having things like <laughs> AirTags <laughs> or using a different device to make your phone bing and everything else. Mm. But all that's doing is helping you to get back to where you were. Mm. And if you can write notes about what actually was the point where you had the joy, where you felt like you had your edge, then you don't need to necessarily retrace your steps. You can refer back to this almost mission statement yes. that you can have that can remind you about your why and what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve. So you don't need to necessarily kind of backtrack on all this thing. If you're thinking, oh, I can find my phone in a second by making it bing by pressing something on my iPad. Well, if you have a document or something that you've written that really is your kind of go-to for framing your mindset about something. Mm -hmm. Just referring back to that when you feel like you've lost your edge could give you that fast track to the mindset that you need to have. Absolutely. And that brings me on to my next point. It's a simple question. I want you to ask yourself as well. 
What have you simply stopped doing or welcomed into your life recently that has maybe had an amplifier of this joy factor being missing? So when I think about this, I look over time sometimes where I feel like I've lost that edge of joy and it tends to be also when I feel like I'm most distracted by other things so like perhaps I'm pulled in four different directions or I've been concentrating on social media too much just not doing anything productive other than scrolling or you know I'm concentrating too much on what other people are doing you know the wisdom says that comparison is the thief of all joy I absolutely believe that I've been concentrating on too much what everyone else is up to and reading their success stories and I'm comparing myself and going okay well I haven't achieved that or you know well the thing I'm working on doesn't seem to have that impact and very quickly you can see that distractions are a powerful thing that can be used or appear in your life without you realizing that take away your joy without subconsciously on a level and it can also be things that you're not necessarily choosing Mm. so whereas you can choose social media or you can choose to get engrossed in something on netflix maybe a new series comes out it can be that the kids maybe have been unwell and a bit Mm. more demanding or it could be that you got a new child or that your job requirements have changed and maybe there's some projects coming on board maybe you've got family members that aren't very well and that's causing stresses and strains so you're right it goes down to just exploring what's changed Mm. what's changed in the world and do you have the control and the ability to maybe bring it back give it a reset to where it was when things felt like they were in a better place for you Mm. and we're going to carry on to the next point about the comparison word as well so not just comparing to other people but asking yourself how much of your time is actually spent thinking about the future or the past so these, they always say, you know, when you think about the past, that's depression. When you're stuck in the future, that means you've got, you know, you're anxious and things. But if you're honest, these are incredibly powerful emotions. Negatively, they ripple effect massively in your life. You can't compartmentalize, you know, well, I'm feeling anxious about money or this. Okay, that's fine. I'm just going to box it. It spreads out into your whole life and how you feel all day. How much of your life is not in the moment right now? And... I think the line of work that I do, it's hard or it can certainly be quite easy to get stuck into the next goal. So we see this with money as well. And I'm not just talking about YouTube, but it's like, okay, I'll be happy when we have £10 in the bank. No, I'll be happy when I've got financial freedom. No, I'll be happy when this happens, right? You're stuck in that cycle. And that cycle is probably because if it distracts you long enough into not living in right now, it'll keep you from doing the thing that you were meant to do in this moment and the purpose that you have. When I say living in the right now, I I don't see a problem with looking at what's next, Mm. but it's looking at too many steps ahead. Yes, yes. Right now means what am I working on? Mm. What am I trying to achieve that I can deal with right now? So the right now, going back to weight loss, don't worry about losing four stone. Worry about losing a pound or worry about exercising a certain amount of days a week or worry about measuring a particular calorie count for a number of days in a week Mm. focus on now what you're doing now that's going to get you to where you want to be either through the journey or through the mindset and that's all you can tackle i think that we can easily get caught up with looking multiple steps ahead or looking at this goal that we don't really have any direct impact for Mm. so if you're on youtube and you're starting a new channel and you want to get a thousand subscribers 
you have no control as to how quick mm-hmm. that is. Unless yeah. you go a sneaky way and try and buy subscribers. Oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> really doesn't do anything for no, you no. and cause all kinds of problems. But you're not going to get there faster than you're going to get there. Mm. You can try to make people interested, but it will happen. You don't really have a direct influence over that. So if there's not an influence on those kind of things, all you can focus on, I'm going to make a video today, so I'm going to make a video that I'm proud of. Mm. That's it. That's today. We're not going to worry about tomorrow or the next day or the day after. Mm. Just today and do that in a way that supports your ambitions and your drives and the things that you want to achieve. Absolutely. And that leads me on to my next point. Are you actually stuck in a fear of failure? Now, we've covered this many times on the podcast that, you know, fear is the opposite of faith and is incredibly powerful and it can be incredibly, you know, life-consuming because it convinces you that more negative would happen in your life than the, the truth, which is things always work out for your good. There's always better ahead of us. And in my case, I know that my default pattern a lot of times is when I feel like I've got to create something, I feel called to do something, I can have the set set up that I want to do the easy things first to get the, you know, the endorphin, the feel like I'm moving forward, when actually I need to tackle the hard thing. And it's all about really then getting the confidence and I can put it off and I can get distracted. The joy comes actually when I do the very thing that does seem difficult and challenging, even though I'll resist and not want to do it. I know that when I tackle that, everything else falls into place. And then the final point here I would make is, are you missing any balance in your life? So when we talk about the thing that we're called to do, our purpose, we have a lot of passion at the start, we believe in a vision. It's sometimes really easy to get the balance between doing something for a greater purpose and also making sure you are good and looked after in the process. So what I mean here is often people who are feel very strongly about a particular mission or impact or you know thing they want to create, that will be the thing that gets most of their attention. And they'll they'll put to the side maybe their health, their well-being, their mental health as well, because they want the action to be in that particular area. And I think for me, I, I'm actually an introvert, I'm pretty sure. I like, I love people. I love, you know, helping and you love people in small doses. I need a bit of alone time. I need alone time, don't you? You like an hour or two or but maybe even a day or two sometimes. A week. But then, <laughs> but then you kind of, after you've had that time with people, yes. you kind of just want to go and have some space and yes. just sit and read and do your own things and they just be left alone. Me. Exactly. And that's one thing that I find when I put too much emphasis on what I have to do or serving other people, which is obviously very honourable, that, you know, it's a great thing. Equally, I don't serve myself. I don't look after myself. And I think when you're trying to also do not just the thing you're called to do, but also do everything else that you're called to maybe be a parent, an entrepreneur, or, you know, an employee, or, you know, a community member. There's so many hats we've got to wear. I think it's so important. And I, I really had a revelation that it was like coming home to myself like reconnect with home reconnect with you inside and I'd like to think that well I know that when I reconnect there the ripple effect is huge because I know if I'm happier looking after me I serve better I'm also just nicer to be around I'm a better wife I'm a better mother and all that and I know when I go through different seasons that is sometimes the thing that doesn't get the priority in my life So it could be that you find it really easy to make sure you get the nurture as well. But for me, I find that the balance can be off. And that's one of probably one of the fundamental things that is out of whack 
that then has the ripple effect that I lose my joy and happiness in other areas. Often when you spend your time serving other people, serving other people's needs and requirements, it means that you're not spending that time on yourself. You're not mm, focused on yes. the things that you need, whether it's space or nurture or nutrition or exercise or just fulfillment outside of a day-to-day job. And the challenges with it is that then you become potentially disgruntled or unhappy or unfulfilled or tired or stressed. And then people don't get the best of you. Mm. What you'll find is, I don't know if anybody's the same as me, where if the kids wake you up in the morning <laughs> well before you're ready, right? <laughs> you aren't Mary Poppins. <laughs> At least I'm not Mary Poppins. I don't skip out of bed and say, oh, great you're to see you, kids. You're a person. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine in the morning. Yep. As long as I'm not shocked into life <laughs> by kids jumping on me. Yep. So people aren't going to get the best of you if you're not in the best mental space or you're not prepared mm, to be mm. the best. And that's why I think serving yourself is kind of like the thing on planes. You put on your face mask and then you can serve others yes, after the fact. Yes. If you don't do that, you can't give anything to anybody else. You can't do anything for anybody mm. because you are struggling. You are finding things difficult and you might not make it through. So I think in all cases, we need to make sure that we measure where we are, how mm. we feel, and actually serve ourselves first. Now, I know that it's difficult that you can't kind of let the kids fend for themselves and feed themselves and everything else, but you can find a way of balancing things a little bit more. So rather than it's always give, 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 instead, you are taking that bit of space because a better you means that you're better for everyone else and all the things that you want to serve and achieve and work towards in life mm. just by giving yourself permission to actually have that space and that time that you need so that your mind can be ready for what's next. Love that, love that. And as we close up today, I'm going to set you a challenge. I always love to do that. Top tips and the challenge. And that, that is a beautiful podcast. Well, actually, we always get challenges. Top tips are, are fairly <laughs> as rare. As a bonus, that's now. a, that's so, a oh, challenges. See, I'll, I like see. It. I'll make sure to include more. Okay, here's my challenge for you if you're listening or watching today. In your daily life, the things that you have particularly been placed and called to do, is there anything that you know is not bringing you as much joy or that you maybe think you've lost your age with that you do want to feel passionate about? Now, I'm not going to ask that you share it in the comments. You can if you want. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to write the areas down where you believe and you know that you can regain your joy for, that you know in particular is what you're meant to be called to do. And I believe in the process of writing down, then we open up ourselves to get answers to those things in the same way. So as you write down the areas where you feel like you've lost your joy, sit for a minute and just wait to see the answers about how to reclaim the joy. Now, I think we've touched upon a number of ways that I've felt are very, you know, um, truthful to my own life about how I reclaim joy and feel that spark and feel that I've got my edge back again. You'll also get the insight. So if there's any that stuck out to you, you think, actually, I'm going to try that from this podcast, that would be quite incredible. And if you are going through a season where everything feels just like it's missing the mark, it's just not how you envisage things, that you haven't got the happiness and joy, I want to give you this truth that I know as well. Everything is season based. This is not how life will always be. We're never stuck in a moment. And so if right now you feel like you, you've not quite got the edge that you once had and where's it gone, I know for certain that it will pass and something greater will be on the way. And so by saying that, if you have felt inspired that somebody's come to mind that might want to hear this episode, or maybe they're feeling in that place, 
send them it, do send them a wee text, send them a WhatsApp. I don't know what are the young people doing these days. Are we tweeting? Are we? Do you know what? Use any communication that you like. Send them a letter. Send them through the post. Whatever. <laughs> With the URL address. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Send it to them, and then hopefully maybe something will resonate with them and make a difference. If you're watching on the Mama for Fur channel, the video podcast, please hit subscribe if you've enjoyed today, and you can also watch our back catalogue of a couple of months of podcasts. But also more important as well, the channel's been around for four years of my videos about money and finance and entrepreneurship. You can feel free to check those out. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you are, we would also love if you check the back catalogue of the podcast. You know, we've got we're coming up to nearly a hundred. We'll need to announce when it we've is. We've got actually. about ninety-two other episodes. Incredible. So if you're watching the video version and you want more of us, you want more in your ears. Wow! Then go for it. Exactly. Go to any of the audio platforms that are around. Find us on the podcast, and there's a bunch of episodes that Great. you would not have heard unless you were listening to us before. Exactly. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So please go and check out something if you've got a little bit extra time or you feel inspired to do so. Thank you so much for watching and listening to us today. We'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>